Wisdom and reflection and self-introspection These moments in the mirror keep it all in perspective Touching minds, touching hearts, touching lives All around the world from the kings to the tribes Peace and freedom and following the father I'm the pen and the ink, he's the author We disciples with our eyes closed and our hands up Bang, tell him girl, moment with Miranda Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Moment with Miranda. Thanks for joining me today. Moment with Miranda is a time where we come together to the mirror of the Word of God, to gaze intently into the scriptures and to consider what they say and apply them to our lives each and every day. We look in the mirror together to see Jesus, to see his ways to walk in his truth, and to find our lives conformed to his very image. Each time we do this, it can be exciting, and it can also be very telling. Each time it can be inspiring, but I also find it to be very challenging, and every time I'm offered a great gift. And it's the gift of choice, and whether or not I'm going to choose to believe what I've just heard or seen. So welcome to this time today where we are going to be gazing a little bit more intently on what I have come to believe is really the greatest gift apart from Jesus that God has given to humanity. And that is the gift of free choice. Recently, my mom and I were having a conversation about cereal. The three aisles in the grocery store of choices that are available to us. Okay, so maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration as far as three aisles go, but it feels pretty real. And we can stand for like five minutes as if we are contemplating the mysteries of life. And what will this choice, how will it affect my personal destiny in the choosing of the cereal? And we cannot know what to choose looking at all these options. I can think, well, I used to love Captain Crunch. Oh, Lucky Charms, that sounds good. I love those little marshmallows. Or then I remember, okay, I'm an adult, so I should pick granola. So do I go keto? Do I go gluten-free? And then I settle on the bread flakes because that's my (laughs) go-to. What a choice you and I have, especially in our Western society, when it comes to variety and truly, truly, We are free to choose whatever cereal our bank account ultimately allows. It's not going to determine my eternal home. It may get me there sooner, depending on my choice, but ultimately, it is just a choice. But what a gift this choice is. I mean, really, do we take the time and to consider what it actually means for us to have the power to choose? We are not told this is what you must do. We're not held down and forced to do what others say unless we have experienced coercion and threats and violation. We have a choice. And this power of choice that we possess is not something that we decided to have on our own, but I believe that it was a gift from the Creator God Himself because it's a part of Himself. He made man and woman in his likeness and in his image, and that image and likeness is not looks, it's nature. 
the image of Christ that you and I are being conformed into is again, it's not these outer looks and even behaviors, but an inner nature that informs our beliefs and ultimately influences our actions and behaviors. The more we behold Christ, the more we become like him. So God formed man in his own character and nature, bestowing upon man the power to choose that he himself used when he chose to make them. In Eden, the evidence of this gift was seen. In the scripture where we read that out of the ground, God caused to grow every tree that was pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also was in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in Genesis chapter 2 verses 15 to 17, we see the Lord God took man and he put him in the garden of Eden to dress and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree in the garden, you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it for in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. How do we know that God gave man the gift of choice and it wasn't something that man just possessed in himself innately? I think we see the evidence by the very fact that there was more than one tree. There were many trees to eat from created by God. And there was a tree of life and there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If man didn't have a choice, God wouldn't have put it there. In love, God gave man what was closest to him, the power of choice. Because friends, love lets you choose. So choice is a gift of love from the nature of the Father because he is love himself. Today, and especially in Christian circles, we call this gift of choice free will. We get to freely choose. In Eden, Adam and Eve freely chose. They chose to go against God's desires. They chose to reject his nature at work in them. They ultimately chose to reject him in favor of trying something for themselves. They decided to make themselves God. And this is how much God values the gift of choice or the free will that he gave them because he did not stop them from eating of the tree. He knew everything that would transpire and yet he didn't stop them. But he's God. He could have, right? I would say wrong. (laughs) It would have violated his nature. And he cannot be untrue to himself, no matter the consequences that come from the choices that others make. He could not be untrue to his nature by letting the sin slide because he was just. There was a punishment. But he also could not be untrue to his nature. He kept covenant and therefore he made a way of redemption. So I wonder if we could ponder for a few minutes if this perhaps gives a bit of light on the question, why does God allow pain? Why does he not stop suffering? Why is injustice 
rampant in the world? Why does God not intervene when he knows that the result of one person's selfish choice will bring desolation to so many people? Again, it must be the value that he places on the gift of our free choice. And friends, also the value that he places on people that are yielded to him, their ability to make the choices that would be pleasing to him. This is amazing. My finite human brain, I really cannot take this fully in with it. And it's something that it must be wrestled with in each of our personal stories because we all have had an experience where someone else's free choice harmed us or took ours. Perhaps it was the free choice of parents to divorce and leave their children abandoned, leave their children with this sense of disconnection from security. Maybe it was the free choice of one to gratify themselves at another's cost. Maybe it was the free choice to speak hasty words that have lasted a lifetime and left a trail of destruction in someone's life. Maybe it was a choice to drink and to drive that took a life. Maybe it was a choice to use God's very word in ways to shipwreck another's faith. We look at these events, we experience these things ourselves and do them ourselves. Friends, let's not act like we ourselves have not done these very things. And why doesn't God intervene, especially when the cost is so great? These are the places where we wrestle. And these are the places where we also learn to rest. To ask God to reveal and also to ask him to heal. These are the places where we do that. But what I want us to see is the other side of this choice. What the power of using choice in the positive actually means when it's made by one who is only good and only love. And how the effect of that choice of the one who is good and the one who is love is not death, but it is life. And it's life that multiplies to the one that receives it and flows from the one who receives it. So let's think of this choice in the context of God's choice and particularly his choice of us. Because if I can believe this, this changes everything. It may not change what has happened to me. It may not change what will happen. But what it has the power to change is my perspective of whatever has happened or whatever will happen and my response to it. If I know that I am God's choice, then I know that he has put an obligation on himself to be faithful to me. If I know that I'm his choice, then he will keep his word toward me. If I know that I'm his choice, then he's in every situation with me. If I know that I'm his choice, then each moment in every circumstance, he is already at work making all things work for good. This is his promise. And if I know that I am his choice, then I belong to him. I am his and I will never be forsaken. Over and over again in the Old Testament, we read about this choice of God. 
in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 6 to 8, it says, For you are a holy people unto the Lord your God. God is speaking to the people of Israel. And it says, The Lord your God has chosen you to be a special people unto himself above all the people that are on the face of the earth. The Lord didn't set his love on you and choose you because you are more in number than any other. In fact, you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath that he swore to your fathers, he brought you out and redeemed you. He said in the scripture, I chose you, (laughs) not because you were great, but because I loved you and I made a covenant with your father. Abraham was not someone special, and so God chose him. Friends, it was God's choice of Abraham that made him special. This was the same with all of the people of Israel. This is the same with all of humanity. God's choice of us makes us special. And then over and over again, as God is telling the people of Israel what life is, as his people would be like and what he would require of them when they came into the promised land, he tells them that you're going to find that there will be a place that I will choose to put my name. And it's there where I choose to put my name that you'll gather. It's there where I choose to put my name that you'll bring your offerings. The place where I choose to put my name, that's where you're going to meet with me. And the place where I choose to put my name will be the place where you will receive all that you need for a relationship with me. You will be reminded of our walk and our journey together. And this place that God specifically chose to place his name was a tabernacle in the wilderness and then eventually a temple in the holy city of Jerusalem. He was choosing to put his name on a dwelling place with man where he would be their God and they would walk with him again symbolically as they did in Eden until complete redemption would happen. God chose a people. He chose a city, he chose a sanctuary, and he put his name on it. It was his. And this word choose, it means to elect, to select. It means to pick for yourself, and it means to join to. So God used the power of choice to make a choice and to allow Israel to make one as well because he never took their right to choose away. He gave them the guidelines. He said, if you do these things, it's going to go well for you. If you live this way, you're going to eat the fat of the land. You're going to walk in peace. All of these dangers won't come near you. If you don't, though, you will surely die. There was still an invitation, basically, to eat from the trees in the garden, to eat from life, or to eat from death. And Israel had the power to. They could exercise this priceless gift of choice. When they chose to do things God's way, they experienced blessing. But when they walked their own path, we see through the scripture there was destruction and there was trouble and there was hurt and anger and confusion and disappointment. But throughout all of those things, God never changed his choice of them. He still offered redemption if they would reach out for it again. He said, turn, 
and I'll turn. No matter what their choice led them to, if they came to him again, he was there. Choosing, if you will, again. Choosing them again. But he would never force their hand. As New Testament believers, we have to make this real for us today. And I think that there's this really cool connection for us when we consider what it means when God chose a place to put his name. Because in the natural, most of us as believers are not Jewish people. We can say that God chose the Jewish people. He chose that nation. He chose their tabernacle. He chose a land for them. This is true. (laughs) This is undeniable. There was a people that God picked out for himself that he chose, and he chose that through them the Messiah would come. But this Messiah in Christ, through Christ, that choice doesn't stay just with them, but it also extends to any who will believe by their choice on Jesus Christ. Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus that God in his love has chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him. Before there was the choice of a Jewish race, if we believe the scripture, then before there was a choice of the Jewish race, there was a choice of the human race, a people created for God's glory. People are God's choice. The same God who chose to place his name on a tabernacle and a people chose me and he chose you as well. Unless we would get conceited and forgetful of the power of God's choice or think that we did something in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I love this. Paul talks to these believers and he says, Consider your own calling, brothers and sisters, that you were not wise by human standards. You are not influential, not powerful, not of high or noble birth. No, God deliberately chose what in the world was foolish to put to shame the wise and what the world calls weak to put to shame the strong. And he deliberately chose what was lowborn and insignificant, branded and treated with contempt, even the things that are nothing, so that he could depose and bring to nothing the things that are, so that no mortal man could boast or glory in the presence of God. It's almost like Paul was saying, it's not because you were great that God chose you. It's not because you deserved it or you earned it. It wasn't your mother or your father. It wasn't your race or your traditions. It was his choice. So that he alone would receive glory for your life. So that your life would bear his name alone. So I want us to consider something amazing here, friends. Do you remember how over and over God talks about the place where he would dwell and put his name? That it would be a place where Israel was called to gather, to serve, and to sacrifice. It was the tabernacle in the wilderness. It was the temple in Jerusalem. In particular, where he put his name was in the sanctuary, the Holy of Holies. 
The Holy of Holies held the most precious piece of furniture to the Jewish people, the Ark of the Covenant, which held the mercy seat and housed the presence of God. It was in the Ark that the laws of God were kept. The provision of the pot of manna was there. The authority of Aaron's budding rod was there. It was the mercy seat to which the blood of atonement was applied, and it was between the cherubim where God's presence rested. This was where God chose to place his name. But let us look together to the mystery of the power of the gospel that was revealed to Paul in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 18 to 22, where he writes, By inspiration of the Holy Spirit, for through him, that is Christ, we both, that's Jews and Gentiles, through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but you are fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God. And you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone in whom all of the building fitly framed together grows into the holy temple of the Lord, in whom you are built together for a holy habitation through the Spirit. Paul says we are both... Jews and Gentiles alike, being built together into the holy temple. This is the naos. This word temple is naos in the Greek, which, friends, it means the sanctuary, specifically the very holy of holies where God puts his name in his presence. So maybe let me say it like this. This place that we are being built into is the place where God has chosen, once again, to put his name in his presence. Friends, we are now the objects of God's mercy where the blood rests. In our hearts resides the law of God, the provision of Christ, the provision of the daily bread, and the authority of God to walk again as those having dominion over the earth. And among us and within us, the God of heaven chooses to dwell. I am his choice. You are his choice. And he gives to us the gift of himself. If I get this, friends, and if you get this, if we get this, what can we fear? What can man do to us if we know that we're his choice? They can kill our bodies, but we're still going to live on. They might wound us for a moment. It might feel devastating, but we will rise again in the knowledge of our identity in God that we are his choice. We will live holy. We will live worthy. We will be the holy place where God is known on the earth. And you and I can be the place where God once again meets with man. This is incredible. This this is amazing. And it really just, it's hard for me to comprehend even as I share it with you today. But ultimately, friends, it is my choice to live in that truth. The same power of choice that God exercises is his gift to me to exercise, to choose life, to choose freedom, to choose peace. He has chosen me. 
I get to choose him in return. Unless we wonder if we really are chosen. Is it me? Is it you, the chosen? Yes. And you know what? It was Judas too. Jesus himself said, have I not chosen you and one of you is the devil, one who will betray me? Why do I bring this up specifically? And I hope it's to make this point hit home that as much as we are God's choice, it is still our choice to choose him in return. He is still saying, choose you this day who you will serve. And it's a choice that we make that's empowered by the Spirit of God every day when we say yes to him. It doesn't mean that I'm gonna, I'm guaranteed this perfect record. And it doesn't even mean that I have to have it. Christ had the perfect record. It doesn't mean that I won't have struggles and I won't have questions. But it does mean that I have the one that I can turn to and lean on and trust in and hope for that ultimately he will see me through no matter the situations of life that come. So friends, in this moment today, as we are looking at God's word and thinking again about choice, what a precious gift that God has given to us. The gift of choice and the power to use it, to bring him glory with everything that we are and everything that we are not. So choose today who you will serve. Choose today life or choose death. Choose today what fruit you're going to eat of. Choose today when you are tempted with attitudes, tempted with hurts. Choose today to step aside and ask the Holy Spirit to empower your choice to choose God's ways. Choose today to trust God with your choice. And I believe that as we do, as we practice this power of choice, as we practice and learn to trust God, we'll find that we will never be ashamed because those that hope in the Lord will not be ashamed. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time at your powerful word to look and to see once again the choice that you have given us. Thank you for giving us this part of yourself. Um, Thank you for the responsibility that comes with it, but also the power by your spirit that is indwelling us to make you are choice, God, each and every day. I thank you that we can rest in the struggles of life and the questions of life, knowing ultimately that you have chosen to put your name on our lives and you are responsible for bringing about the the fruit of my life. You're responsible for bringing me to the place of thriving. Father, I thank you. I thank you that in your faithful love that you have chosen me in you. Thank you for choosing us in you, God. And Lord, we choose by the choice of our own free will, you in return. And we ask that you would empower our choice of you each and every day as we learn to walk in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, thanks for joining me for this moment with Miranda. I hope that you were blessed and that you'll tune in again next time for another episode of Moment with Miranda. See you soon.